For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Look around you. That car you're driving, that house your family lives in, making your daughter laugh, inspiring her to dream. You did that. Teaching your son to drive, teaching him he can be anything, all you and your dreams for tomorrow. You'll do that too. Legacies don't just happen, they are made by you. The important word being you. American Family Insurance, protecting your dreams as you achieve them. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies. American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hey, Dave here from DC On Screen. If you're following us on Facebook, you might have seen us posting our work that has been sent to fans. This was sent to fans of DC On Screen as part of a promotion. How can you get your own artwork? Simply go over to iTunes or Stitcher and leave us good ratings or reviews. Or, you know, bad ones if you just gotta be a dick. And then email us at dconscreen at gmail.com. Tell us who you want us to draw, who you want to draw it, Dave or Jason, and leave us an address. If you like, you can send us pictures of yourself with the drawing after we send it, and uh, we'll post it to our Facebook page where you can tag yourself. This promotion ends March 31st, by the way, so you have to get those reviews in. Jason, do you have anything else to add? It's a little for a lot, Dave. It's a little for a lot. It is a little for a lot. We try so hard. We need your help. We're asking. Our humble offering. Humble. Like pie. (laughs) Anyway, man, settle back, listen to a brand new episode of DC On Screen starting right the hell now. Welcome in to DC On Screen, a podcast about the DC properties being brought to film and television. I am your host, David C. Robertson. This is my co-host, Jason Goss. Hi. (laughs) Also known uh, right now as the other guy who actually liked this movie. (laughs) <laughs> I was about to say, we're still pretty perplexed that the critics hate this movie so much. But I'll be honest, man, I'm seeing tons of fans on, on Facebook and Twitter who love this movie. I'm with them, man. I mean, I, I I don't even want to be apologist about it. I don't want to be like, oh, I mean, I know the movie's got problems and blah, blah. I'm not even down with that. Like, it's solid. I, I Yeah, it has the same amount of issues I think most any other film does. But it's solid. Showed me what I wanted to see. yeah. yeah. So, uh, this is our news episode. Mm-hmm. We have one almost every week. Some, and, uh, sometimes there's just not enough to warrant it. But I, I, I guess we're going to start off... Um, a bunch of stars have responded to all the negative criticisms. Good. Um, Jason Momoa, our, uh, our DCEU Aquaman, mm-hmm. um, posted on Instagram a meme that's been going around of uh, the Bruce Wayne speech to Clark except it's been changed. It says, Critics who can't act or don't know comics are a bit hypocritical, wouldn't you say? Knowing every time their friend directs a boring movie, they write a puff piece review about a boring story. Maybe it's just the (laughs) WBDC and me that have a bad history with people acting like clowns. Momoa says, he writes after posting this, Bah ha 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 ha, shit made me laugh. Just go have fun and watch, just go have fun, watch and enjoy. Proud of WB and DC, there's a lot coming. A lot. Um... Ray Parker, our cyborg, mm-hmm. uh, posted a meme with Bruce talking to Alfred, 20 years in journalism, how many good critics are left, how many stayed that way. <laughs> um, 
They I want like the power the, to the wipe Justice up. League coming to defense of this movie. <laughs> right? Uh, it says they want the power to wipe out the entire DC movie slate and we have to destroy them. Uh, right. Ray Parker writes, fans greater than critics, hashtag Borg life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your, your, um, money, your money means a lot more than that 29% Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. It just does. They don't give one single... F- it could have a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. It didn't matter. Yeah. Gal Gadot, uh, Wonder Woman, says, I think the movie's great. I think this movie is huge, massive. I think that Zack did fantastic work bringing Superman's world and Batman's world into one movie and setting the ground for so many more characters to come in the future in such an interesting way. Jesse Eisenberg, Lex Luthor, says, I can't read stuff. I don't even watch the movies I'm in. I get very critical. I don't like reading stuff either. I find it very distracting. Uh, and then they told him that uh, a lot of the reviews praised his performance specifically, and he says, "In that case, I'll read everything and look, and I look forward to seeing the film." <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, that is. Amy Adams, Lois Lane. She says, "I know that Zach doesn't make the movies, and none of us are making the movies for the critics, so to speak. You can't kind of go in uh, into it." With that perspective, I know we really hope the fans like it, and so far the reaction's been really positive on that front. Zack Snyder says, I'm a comic book guy, and I made the movie based on based as much as I could on that aesthetic, and so I don't know how else to do it 100%. So, it is what it is, you know? Henry Cavill I totally said, dig the, him and Adam's responses to that too, by the way. Yeah. Cavill said, the interesting thing is that we get the critics who have their personal opinions, and the thing about personal opinions is that they always come from a place and there's a preconceived idea which you have to get past the critic before you start writing your article and your, or your review and that affects everything mm-hmm. what's really going to matter i believe is what the audience says because they're they're the ones who are buying the tickets they're the ones who want to see more of this kind of story or not so the audience's voice voice is loudest and after this weekend the audience will at least partly have spoken ben affleck says i said i agree <laughs> yeah um now infamously yeah, that was part of the uh, what's been. Uh, oh, this, darkness, this, my old friend. Yeah, this hateful Ben Affleck sad video. Yeah, I felt really bad for him. I really felt bad for him. I maybe it's just it's just me being kind of defensive of the movie, but I was like, man, this is not funny. And our good friend Brandon laughed his ass off and said, no, it's really funny. No, I laughed. So- <laughs> I just also thought it was a little dickish. But you yeah, know felt, you're a, you're a public persona. You you you, uh, you got to deal with that. It's part of the yeah. game. But yeah, still, I, 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 still I just felt bad. I hated it on in, in light of all the other crap that's going on around it. Like I I don't want every I don't want everything to come down so hard on Affleck. He's like, you know what? Screw it. I'm not doing the solo Batman movie <laughs> because so help me, I will find each and every one of you people. Well, no, I mean, like, the Affleck is all pretty, well, Affleck and Gal Gadot are the two things that everyone's, like, praising about this movie, even the critics. Yeah. Um, now, one, one of the interesting things, though, I thought about the Cavill comments, um, where he says there's a preconceived idea which you have to get past. Um, the guys over at the Suicide Squad cast were talking about this mm-hmm. um, on their Man of Steel review that they did a couple of weeks ago, and then they did their big Batman vs. Superman uh, review you guys should go check that out they're both very very interesting uh you know as, as you guys know or some of you know we kind of trashed on man of steel more plot points than actual uh i don't know tone or whatever but we had a few but, tone problems and we had a lot of color problems did. and we had a lot of color problems <laughs> we had a lot of um, problems but it, it still i enjoyed the hell out of it yeah. but there was still a lot like when you left the theater no. you're going all right okay hold on now some of this yeah and actually some of this didn't hold up 
the squad cast guys were saying, you know, every time you watch Man of Steel, you like it more. And I, <laughs> I wrote them back on Twitter. I was like, no, you know what? I actually agree with that. Like, <laughs> I got sucked into watching. I watched about 30 minutes of uh, Man of Steel the other night without meaning to. Right. Um, so, you know, every movie, I, you know, there, there are very few movies out there that I don't have, that I have no, no problems with. I mean, that's got to be like probably what Citizen Kane and the Blues Brothers for me. I yeah, I mean it's a it's a short um, list. <laughs> not to say that there aren't uh, that there aren't uh, problems with those movies. I just don't want to change a frame of them because I think they're perfect, even if they're flawed. Right. Um, I mean, you know, for me, it's like Shaun of the Dead and Ghostbusters. One Ghostbusters. Right, one. Right. Um. Yeah, both of those I would <laughs> not, I would keep exactly the same. I'm too. not saying that uh, this is like Oscar worthy stuff. I'm just saying I love the hell out of them. <laughs> And they were pretty tight. Um, yeah, and you know, like, uh, but one of the things they anyway, the, the guys at the Suicide Squad cast were talking about though is that the thing with Marvel is that you know a lot of these characters we've never really seen. They don't have a definitive version that people grew up with on on the big screen. No, there's here, no Iron Man. You know, here you have to you know go up against Christopher Reeve and Michael Keaton. Yeah, and you have to go up against Adam West and George Reeves and yeah. I don't know, George Clooney. <laughs> um, but you also, you have to look at, you know, like Batman the Animated Series and that respective universe is my all-time favorite. I like that better than the comics. Better right. than the source material itself. It, I mean, it added spokes to the comics, it's to the wheel of that comic, as Kevin Smith says. Yeah. So... Dini had um, kind of a minus, minus touch, man. I mean... He did. So... Uh, you know, that's kind of hard to compete with. Um, it is hard to let go of certain things, but yeah, I, well, uh, there were a lot of, a ton of people and I've, I've, I've still, I've, I've talked to people in my life personally that, um, I, I, I they came around, uh, came out of the movie, mind you, not just went into it, came out of the movie going, I don't understand why we're Batman and Superman fighting. And you, you can tell in like, there are a couple people that have 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 thought it was a plot problem. I thought it was a, a how the mm-hmm. movie was built problem. And I, for those people, I've been able to have like a, a a discussion about the movie itself. But there were other people that you could tell they went in and for two and a half hours they just they had the idea that like okay when do I get to see the Justice League? Mm-hmm. And it never got out of their head. So when mommy and daddy were fighting, that's that's all it was. It was just confusing and strange, and they kind of left thinking like okay I, I don't understand. I thought they were supposed to be friends. Like they yeah. never had yes. a chance at enjoying that film. <laughs> It's funny that you keep referring to it, and you have since like episode one of this podcast. Yes, you've been referring to this as mommy and daddy fighting. Absolutely, um, I am. <laughs> the uh, they just posted a review of Batman versus Superman over the Onion. Uh-huh. I think it was t- it was titled something like um, "Why Batman versus Superman will be deeply disturbing for pe- for uh, <laughs> the children of divorced parents." <laughs> <laughs> I could write that article for him, man. <laughs> um but uh something else cavill said he said that you know uh the audience's voice is going to be the loudest and after the weekend after this weekend the audience will at least partly have spoken well this is monday night guys the audience has spoken i think what has Uh, what has it garnered 166 million oh man (laughs) we felt really good that it would break 150 but 166 is it's nice that was that was a, as of March 27th. Um, worldwide, 420 million. Now, these are rough numbers, I mean, but yeah. It's number four in worldwide openings. Number one comic book. I, uh, I mean, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> this movie could not gross another dollar and it'd get a sequel. 
Yeah, I, it's already made enough. Let me put it this way: they've they've got enough money right now that they can already make most of the Justice League. Now it'll probably cost them another hundred million to make Justice League, but without uh, without uh, going um, in the red at all, they've already got. They're fine. Yeah, and I'll I'll say this as well: if you want to kind of push home and just spend way too much money on Batman vs Superman: Dawn of Justice. Mm-hmm. This week, um, <laughs> after you've already seen it in the theater, whatever, whichever version of it you saw in the theater, Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice is now available for pre-order on Blu-ray. <laughs> nice. If you want to really, really vote with your dollar. And then there are the special editions with the statues. There's one of Batman, one of Superman. You have to choose or buy both, but each one is 130 bucks. Nice. Um, so they're both available for it's all available for pre-order on Amazon right now. You can go check, go grab it uh, or pre-order it. July sixteenth is when that comes out. I I I've already I've already pre-ordered it. <laughs> Not the statue versions because that's just ridiculous. That's but, that's more more than you got. But but the rest of that. <laughs> God, man. Uh, by the you way, by the way that, that those, puts them. I just looked at Box Office Mojo. You realize that puts them at number seven all time. For what? Uh, opening weekends. Yeah, that's that's heavy shit, man. I think it was number four. Uh, Box Office Mojo at least is telling me it's number seven for opening weekend. Oh, but okay. It, I mean, hmm. you know, figures will vary slightly here and there. Like they're saying, one hundred sixty-six million. Right. Um. I mean, good God. So, just in case anyone wanted to know, of the one hundred twenty reviews on Amazon, it has four point four out of five stars. So. Yeah. Yeah, and actually, IMDb had it uh, listed pretty high. Let me see what it was. Well, IMDb, IMDb is a bit of a controversy because uh, apparently there were a whole bunch of like brand new accounts created <laughs> that all get like so many of the people who gave ten out of ten stars for Batman vs Superman were brand new accounts who had never liked anything before, right. or reviewed anything before, right? So I'm guessing they're just thinking. I'm guessing, the, the controversy is, is is Warner Brothers plants. Right, Which it might be. They really might. Probably, I mean, it was. It's only like a seven point four. It's actually a pretty believable number right now on. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On IMDb. Yeah, and you know they're they're I actually like how they list their reviews because it's got like um, it'll give you the ratings from you know one hundred fifty five thousand users and then it'll give you reviews from different things. But I, I just, it's an amalgam thing, kind of like a Metacritic situation. Mm-hmm. I saw someone be uh, post a thing on a thread and was like, "All right, it's official, guys. Cinema Score gave it a B." You can no longer hide the fact that this is a mediocre movie. I'm like, I'll take a mediocre, mediocre Batman film. I, shit, man, I just got to do with the Nolan trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it has to be mediocre, I don't. I think it was way better than mediocre, but uh, you know. I, I mean, yeah. Uh, man, I, um, I I feel like we're gonna have to do a, a a bigger, more expanded show with some people and have a real a real throwdown with it. But I would like that. That would be fun. We uh we might have to start a debate team style situation. We should have a uh, a final BVS review when the when the uh, Blu-ray comes out with the uh, with the full unrated <laughs> right. or rated R version, I guess. Um, it's sad we don't have time at the moment. We've got like six yeah, shows airing right now. Yeah, it'll yeah be, as soon as the ju- shows finish know. airing, we'll hit that up. We'll give it like okay. I'll have that bad boy. I'll have that bad boy the day it comes out. Right. So we'll have to uh, carve out some time to go and just sit down with like maybe the guys from the. Um, from the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, we can't really hash anything out with the guys from the Suicide Squad cast because they love it too. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a lot more fun though. Let's go have the let's go have a fanboy talk instead. 
Right. Yeah. Oh, maybe we just double down, have those guys come over and be like, screw you. Right. But yeah, no. Um, <laughs> I, even the show I, I do, uh, the entertainment roundtable on the radio, everyone there was like, I hated it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow, really? Like hate? Not just uh, didn't like? Like you actually hated it? Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> not everyone hated it, but it, they didn't give it good reviews. They didn't really care for it. Yeah. Um, but I am the most comic book. I'm the comic book guy, pretty much. Like me and Jacob are. are uh, Jacob's just like I did not enjoy this movie. <laughs> By the way, Jacob uh, Raspberry. They just started a Jacob Raspberry and uh, Steve West just started Screen Explosion, which is a new podcast. I'll put a link to it in the uh, in the show notes. They are they are fun to listen to. Right. Um. They are a friend of the show here. Um. Even if they don't like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm about to get into, into some real spoilers for Batman vs Superman. So uh, I don't know. Uh, it's a, it's going to be a new segment, so I'd have to say just like click far ahead and scroll back. Yeah, I don't know. Can't give you but, like the uh, thirty second mark we normally do on this one. Yeah, Warner Brothers put out a uh, they dropped a deleted scene from uh, Batman vs Superman called Communion. Man, I wish this had been in the movie. I still don't know where it would have gone or what to do with it exactly. And I, I guess it's probably going to be in that R-rated version, maybe, which I gather is kind of like R-rated slash, you know, our deleted some of the stuff we deleted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, yeah. I mean, it's I guess it's like a, a squad, like a um, what do you call it? Like a um, what do you call it? like the a SWAT SWAT team mm-hmm. coming in to to uh, coming into the alien ship to arrest Luther. Now, I mean, I have to wonder. How did they get in? Did Luther just leave the doors open? There's a there's a lot about Zod's that, and I'm I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe it was just another damn dream sequence scene. I I don't really know. Oh, I don't think so. I mean, this is it's a scene that shows how how <laughs> Luther gets taken to jail essentially, and they come into the Kryptonian ship. I really don't know. Do the did he just have everything open? I guess he could have, but anyway, uh, maybe. I mean, um, didn't Superman just like bust out of the side of that thing at some point? Uh, Maybe they just climbed in the yeah, hole maybe. that he left, or I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but Luther. I, let me put it this way: I'm also to... not willing to criticize it one bit until I see where it was supposed to go. Right, right. Um, importantly, though, uh, is Luther in the like am- what would you call it? Amniotic fluid. Yeah, um, I call it that. Yeah, <laughs> and he's um, Codex he's Juice communing. He's communing, and you can tell that all of these things that he's communing with are only there, sort of in spirit, uh, just like how. Um, Lara was with uh, Jarrell on Krypton with the uh, well, I call them like the little pushpin computer things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the it, was, it looked like <laughs> well, whatever the, all that stuff, the imagery is made out of the 3D imagery. But anyway, oh there are three yeah, yeah, effing yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, mother boxes. I don't know what those things are. They remind me of the little things you did, the, like with the the little box with the glass piece where you did your hand in it. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah with the little pins. Yeah. That's what it looks like, but there are three mother boxes. I don't know what those are called. There are three mother boxes, it looks like, and this giant horned creature, which many are speculating is Steppenwolf, General Steppenwolf of Apocalypse, um, having some sort of communion with, with Lex Luthor. And uh, as the uh, SWAT team comes in and points their guns at Lex, he comes out of his little trance and the creature goes away. Mm-hmm. Um, but something uh, again, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to mention the Suicide Squad cast. The thing that I did not pick up, I did, it did not occur to me, and I'm ashamed beyond ashamed um, <laughs> that I didn't notice this. And it fits in be perfectly too, with. Go ahead. 
Yeah, probably. It's, we didn't mention it. You may have caught it. Um, it fits in perfectly with Lex's bit at the end when he's in jail. Uh-huh. And um, did you notice that the thing that he was saying when he said the bell has been rung, uh, he's coming, he's hungry, uh, Superman's dead, whatever, mm-hmm. he just starts going ding, 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 ding. That's the sound a mother box makes. Oh, my. Wait, where have we seen the mother box, though, make that sound? In the comics. Okay. Okay, all right. It's usually either ding, 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 or ping, ping, ping. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, that's pretty good then. I, I was going to be more disappointed yeah. with myself if I actually, if it had been in the film somewhere. Like, I don't know. There aren't mentions of Mother Boxes. <laughs> like, that thing that Cyborg, uh, it, it, that Silas is dealing with, that's my best guess about what that is. Um, mm-hmm. But we haven't actually seen it. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's been that's been confirmed. That is confirmed? Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Fuck yes, Cyborg well, is made out of a damn in- Mother Box. Yeah, in the new well, Hell in the yeah. new fifty two, he is is actually a father box. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, but yeah, there's a there's an actual connect. Yeah, good, good, good. Ding, ding, ding. Um. So yeah. Um. <laughs> moving on. Um. Again, spoilers for Batman vs Superman. Um. On the Flash time travel sequence, uh, Deborah Snyder says it wasn't in the script. Uh, as we started, <laughs> um. As we started, then we worked on our script. I think we were in the middle of shooting, and we started working on the outline for the next movie and where they go. And Zach said, "Oh my God, let's add this moment that is going to pay off down the road. We'll find out more information then." Hmm. Uh, apparently, it's the same with the Wonder Woman picture in the movie. Um, they actually took that. Uh, they took a version of the picture, and then wound up replacing it in the middle of the movie like, while the movie was uh, in post. Is that, why had the, uh, a, is that why it had the, actually, the awkward, almost kind of like zoomed in shot of it? Well, I think so, but it's also like, she says Zach is in the background as an extra in that, oh, in that picture. Good for him. But they actually decided to write that into the Wonder Woman script and say, let's show how we got this picture. So that's actually going to be in the movie, them taking the picture. Oh, I fully, fully expected that. Yeah. I mean, was going to be downright disappointed if it was just a random picture and they didn't do a callback. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> apparently you can explore the Batcave in Bruce's house on Google Maps. That was kind of fun. Yeah, that was neat. I spent about 20 minutes looking around there. Right. Um, we want to talk about Zack Snyder on why Batman kills. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, well, he says, I tried to do it in a technical way. There's a great YouTube video that shows all the kills in the Christopher Nolan movies, even though we would perceive them as movies where he doesn't kill anyone. Right. I think there's no, they, not even that. Kills. They specifically say within the context of those films, oh, like, yeah. they know your rule. They know, you know, it's, it's a whole thing. Yeah. It's clearly stated. And then he clearly he says, does I it. He says, I think there's 43 potential kills that Batman does. Also, it goes back and includes even the Tim Burton Batman movies where this reputation as a guy that doesn't kill comes from. <laughs> yeah. um, he's like, so I tried to do it by proxy. Shoot the car they're in, the car blows up, or the grenade would go off in the guy's hand. Or when he shoots the tank and the guy pretty much lights the tank and himself. Right. I perceived it. I perceive it as him not killing directly, but if the bad guys are associated with a thing that happens to blow up, he would say that that's totally... That that's not really his problem. They put themselves in that uh, situation. Not his fault that that's where the battering <laughs> flew. Sorry. He says a little, <laughs> a little more like manslaughter than murder. Yeah, that's actually about <laughs> right though. 
He says, although I would say that in the Frank Miller comic book that I reference, he kills all the time. There's a scene from the graphic novel where he busts through a wall, takes the guy's machine gun. I took that little vignette from a scene in The Dark Knight Returns, and Mm -hmm. at the end of that, he shoots the guy right between the eyes with the machine gun. One (laughs) shot. Of course, I went to the gas tank, and all of the guys I worked with were like, you've got to shoot him in the head because they're all comic book dorks. And I was like, I'm not going to be the guy who does that. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I'm taking enough chances. I'm going to leave that for somebody else. So speaking of um, characters and death, Zack Snyder is talking about why he killed Jimmy Olsen. Um <laughs> Oh, everyone's freaking out about this online because they didn't apparently. Uh, most people didn't notice that this was Jimmy Olsen. I myself didn't until I had to go double check. And didn't occur to me. Yeah, didn't occur um, to me at all. So I was like, okay, dude. Yeah, great. The uh, photographer the named Jimmy in the uh, in Africa yeah. apparently was Jimmy Olsen. Um, so they said. Uh, they asked him why they killed him off so quickly, and he says, "We just." Zack Snyder says this. We just did it as this little aside. Because we had been tracking where we thought the movies were going to go, and we don't have room for Jimmy Olsen in our big pantheon of characters. But we can have fun with him, right? <laughs> See? Yeah, that works for me. <laughs> uh, yeah. According to the director, Olsen's scene was originally much longer and would feature and will feature in the Ultimate Edition on DVD. Uh, he says, it, he comes up to her and he goes, Lois Lane, I'm Jimmy Olsen, photographer, obviously. You know, I, I've been assigned to you for this mission. But it turns out that Jimmy is a spook for the CIA. Mm-hmm. Um, it just wasn't a big point for me, yeah. even when it was, uh, and uh, yeah, um, I, uh, someone had to point out later, like that was Jimmy Olsen. And then I, uh, you know, I mean, you were, on, we're still looking it up to be sure. Like, and right. then I just, my official stance is shrugged shoulders. Look, man, I like Jimmy um, Olsen, but he's not that integral. Let him go. I don't, I don't see it outside the realm of possibility that Jimmy Olsen, given everything that we know about the character, I don't see it outside of the realm of possibility that he would get in league with the CIA. Hell, we're over in Supergirl watching James Olsen work with the DEO. Right. He's fine. So, he I mean, and we're, we're like... Piss off. <laughs> like, there's a lot of people, like, the, it's the, there's a golden age sentimentality to it where people still want the bow tie and they still want, like, the, the little brother aspect to Superman and all that. But right. that's gone. I mean, it's gone. Like, Superman's mm-hmm. not being approached from that angle in this movie. So why are we waiting on Jimmy Olsen to yeah. show up in a bow tie? Yeah, and... um. I don't know. There's there's a lot to be said for the. I I really do. I I enjoy. Um. I think the idea more than ever. Any more than any execution, I have enjoyed the idea that Jimmy Olsen is Superman's pal. But at the end of the day, even in Superman the animated series, I was bored by that character. Yeah. He's um, just. He I, is like the know, epitome of. <laughs> he's the boy blunder. But and, that's you know, all he is. Like, it, at least with Robin, when he gets kidnapped, you know, when you show up to help him out, all you got to do is get one hand loose, and he can take care of the rest of himself and many henchmen before he's done. Hey, and look, I, Jimmy I, just gets kidnapped. I, that's I, it. I, yeah, I understand that Jimmy Olsen is one of these like he's one of these like sacred cows that doesn't that don't make any sense. Like <laughs> he's a character. Like yeah, even me. Like at the in uh when man of steel was was coming out i was like no why would they make him jenny olsen well they never even said her name was olsen no. so no absolutely not also you know, I mean, whatever I, I didn't see her in this film did you she was she was there was she there jenny was there okay how, how about the uh, how about the balding guy that was a little bit rapey <laughs> no i'm sorry no, that's going too I far didn't. a little aggressive with his fl- workplace flirtations <laughs> Um, I didn't. No, he. I don't. I didn't see him. But yeah, Jenny was definitely there. He finally um, got fired for, I assume, sexual harassment. 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Jenny was there and, um, yeah, Jimmy is a, he is, he's a sacred cow character. He's never been terribly interesting. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. He's hell. The most interesting he's been is what he's doing on Supergirl right now. And even then I don't find him that interesting. So, I mean, I, I you know, really dig him on Supergirl at the moment, but, but my, that's, that's honestly, him getting fleshed out. They don't yeah, have time to do that with all this. Out. We're doing like yeah, and t- title films in Justice League. So we don't have time to deal with Jimmy Olsen. Some of my favorite stuff with Jimmy Olsen was honestly The Dark Knight Returns, like where he's like the, almost like a Fox News commentator. Yeah. Um, I, I, and oh my gosh. Look, we're, we're as a comic book fan, and you might as well get freaking used to it because this is what we're dealing with. The comic books, the movies, the television shows, they are all going to be dealing with the multiverse. Some things are going to happen a little differently. I know. I'm sorry. There are idealized versions of these things that I would like to see. Like, I want the world to understand why I like such and such a thing. Right. And sometimes it's just not going to happen for us. It's just not. I mean, some of the best comic book stories I've read happen in alternate universes. Superman Red Sun, where he was, uh, he crash landed in Soviet Russia. Right. Um, <laughs> I mean, they, Lex Luthor was a CIA uh, agent working on the Green Lantern Marine Corps in that movie just to fight Superman. They were both fighting <laughs> for the affections of – both countries were fighting for uh, the allegiance of the uh, Themyscirans. There's also a uh, a series called The Nail, Justice League The Nail, and uh, that was a world where Superman was never even discovered by the Kents and how the world progressed without there being a Superman. Mm-hmm. So, and that was one of the best things I've ever written. That was an Alan Davis joint. So, you know what? I'm good here. I see no reason to, I mean, yeah, that is having a little fun with it. And let's, to to be fair, is it, it, let me ask you this. It's rhetorical almost, but would it be fair to say that this movie is based more than any other book on The Dark Knight Returns? In some aspects, there's some visuals from it, but well, sure. it's its own thing, really. It's got some, uh, it's got some Kingdom Come in there. It's got some. <laughs> it has uh, a little bit of that too. It's got a mixture of a lot of these some, things. But yeah. what my point is, like, the, it's it's the verses part, and that's uh, the the mm-hmm. conflict between them is the the primary, uh, uh, the focus of the movie. And it, that was a that was a graphic novel outside of the actual numbered system. It wasn't Elseworld. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Why are we getting? Um, com- why are we complaining about stuff being derivative of stuff that's derivative anyway? And, you know, to jump back to a Man of Steel qualm, man, I still have a problem with Vice President uh, Pete Ross being the manager of an IHOP. Yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, I mean, what are you going to do? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we Yeah, we, we, we expressed many problems with that, not the least of which is... Uh, but you know what? You know. In, the, in the current comic books, Lois Lane outed Clark as being Superman. Yeah. Like, things... Shit changes, guys. Yeah. Come on. I mean, hell, he's, he was, he's been borderline powerless for a minute now in the current line like it's getting weird out there yeah for a while he was um so anyway um so (laughs) moving on Uh someone someone asked michael shannon who he was rooting for uh batman or superman he said doomsday and michael shannon said this i'm so utterly unconcerned with the outcome of that fight so profoundly utterly unconcerned I can't even come up with a fake answer. I guess I have to root for Superman because he killed me. So I would hope that he would continue his killing spree and become like a serial killer Superman. That's a new take on Superman. We'd all be in a heap of trouble if Superman was a serial killer. He could just wipe us all out. Yeah. But then he'd be lonely. Yeah. And the interviewer responded, isn't he lonely already? To which Shannon expertly rejoined, 
Well, we're all lonely. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, that was an article over at Vulture, right? Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, they've released a uh, a picture of um, <laughs> of Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman on Themyscira with uh, uh, Connie Nielsen as Queen Hippolyta and um, her two military aunts. They've got Robin Wright as uh, General Antiope. And uh, Minalip, Minalipe, however you say that. Uh, I, I guess we'll find out when the movie comes yeah, up. Yeah, I can't. How they choose to say it. <laughs> I, can't, I can't take a great guess at a lot of the names on Themyscira. Man. Yeah, it looks pretty badass, though. It looks like exactly what I always thought would be a good call for a Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman movie, which was a little bit of 300 with Wonder Woman. <laughs> That's kind of what it looks like. Well, you got the right director. I mean, if, if you already had Snyder like working on this product, man, just let him go. Yeah. Well, I mean, Patty Jenkins is the director. Um. No, I know, I know. Just like Snyder was already in the stable. I mean, just oh, ask yeah. him for some yeah. advice on a couple of three hundred related things and and do your thing, lady. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Snyder's producing, so I'm assuming it's just gonna be. A... I just assume he's like yeah. pretty much the onboard consultant for anything that that it means. Basically, at this point, his universe that we're working through. So. Yeah. Um. <laughs> James Wan, the director of Aquaman, says, uh, the kind of filmmaker that I am, even my darker horror films are still very fun, and I think that's important for me in the kinds of films I make. The film I'm here to present, Lights Out, is a horror film, and I think Aquaman is a character who has, you know, been made fun of a lot over the years, and I think it's kind of fun to show a really different, cool, badass side to this character. But at the same time, let's not forget to have fun with it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's he was presenting some other movie, but he was talking about how he's going to have fun with Aquaman. So, okay. Good. Good, good. That's good. I'd just like to see him to you know be taken seriously. That'd be a huge yeah. step. I yeah. mean, it, it, he's he's generally such a joke that even in Entourage, like that was a giant joke inside the series of Entourage. That mm-hmm. It just he deserves better. So, uh, <laughs> so two new uh, two new teaser trailers have dropped for the Batman Lego Movie. Yeah, they were pretty fun. They are. They absolutely are. Will Arnett's uh, like hushed take on him is just fascinating. Will Arnett's a funny dude, no matter what you do with him, though. So, yeah, he's he's good. He's good. Um, it's a little weird for me. To, I know it came later, but it's a little weird for me to hear BoJack Horseman coming out of <laughs> Batman. But whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, You've retconned the voice in your head. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. Um, but then I also hear Job. I just expect right. Batman to be like, da-na-na, right? Da-na-na-na. I hope they do that. So I do a nod to that at some point. With he's got that'd be fun. Yeah. He's got plenty of time. There's like movies you can get away with that kind of stuff. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Hell, you can have a mm-hmm. little Bojack Horseman-shaped Lego walk around in the background at some point, and it actually yeah. it would be so different looking that there's only a few people that would go. <gasps> <laughs> um, but yeah, the, it doesn't show a lot in those in the in the trailers, but they're fun. Go check those out. I'll put a link in the uh, show notes. Um, jumping over quickly to television, WWE's Eve Torres Gracie is, uh, apparently going to be playing Maxima, uh, on Supergirl nice. in the April 11th episode, wait for it, Myriad. Hmm. Good, good, good. Uh? Good, 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 good. Uh? It's about time we got to that whole Myriad situation. <laughs> I can't speak for uh, Eve Torres Gracie's uh, acting ability. I don't know anything about her except that she was on WWE. So, and I don't watch that. So, I don't, I don't know. But she looks big and muscular. Like she could, she would want to date and or marry Superman and 
make him the ruler of her earth alongside of her, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Not earth, planet, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and apparently they've said that Linda Carter is going to be on Supergirl, but next year if they get renewed, which they haven't officially been renewed. They haven't. They haven't. And apparently they got left off the renewal list, which made everyone gasp. I, I but, just, uh, well, C- man. CBS has, CBS has always done that, though. Yeah. CBS always renews their oldest shows first. Yeah. I, in their early renewals, and they'll come back and do others. Man, so. I am just 212% sure this show's coming back. You know, it's, it's lost some a fair amount of ratings. It's got I mean, enough. They've lost, half their, they've lost half their audience. Oh, from their start? Yeah, but their start was unreasonable. It was like $13 million or something. It was. <laughs> like, that was not a tenable amount of viewers. I feel like that you happens, You normally have though, to have like two cities play episode. a football game to get that kind of viewership, man. It's like the first episode of anything, and people are like, oh, cool, new superhero, let's see what that's right. like. And then they see it, and they're like, oh, it's a su- show about superheroes. I'm like, what did you expect? No, I, I think, like, it oh, went from, no. like, 13 to, like, 7 or something. And I think there was, like, 13 million people were like, oh, Supergirl's on TV, let's see what it's like. And then 5 million of those people didn't come back next the, uh, the next week based on, like, oh, the show's on CBS. Hmm, uh-huh. that's not going to work for me. And they're out. Uh-huh. I, I honestly believe that there are a lar- there's a large faction of people who go, oh, yeah, that looks good. And then they watch it and go, oh, it's about superheroes. <laughs> like, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, especially based on some of the some of the problems that people are having with Batman versus Superman. I'm just like, why did you expect something other than superheroes? I don't they're superheroes. Right, right. Like, we want our heroes bright and cheerful. Then over at Marvel, they're like, why do all the heroes have to be bright and cheerful? Oh yeah, and it's funny. I, I saw a, uh, an early, I saw one of the like early positive reviews for uh, Civil War, and I forget uh-huh. the phrasing exactly, but it said like uh, it's one of the critics' reviews was like it's a it's a really entertaining movie, but emotionally it's uh, it's it's really heavy. And then they, they used that as one of the reasons they liked the movie. I was like, what? I was like, uh-huh. why? It's almost precisely how I've described BVS to a couple of people. What's going on here? Yeah, they're, that's what they're using. A lot of the reviewers are actually using to bash BVS. Is like it's emotionally exhausting. Well, hell, yes, like, it is. Yeah. Again, mommy, daddy fighting. Like, I keep going back to it because yeah. it's right. One of the, you know one of the uh, one of the most legitimate complaints I've heard about Batman vs Superman and and Man of Steel. They were like, without without mentioning the comics, the animated series, or any other thing that's ever happened. Explain to me why Superman and Lois love each other. I'll wait. <laughs> um, I, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say because they have similar interests, haven't pissed each other off yet, and they're both unreasonably attractive, and that's enough in some ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, and I, just I, being unreasonably attractive. Dude, I know happily married people that have less going on in their relationship than those two. <laughs> Well, I was the wrong person to read that anyway, because I've never liked Lois Lane as a character. <laughs> I've always liked her. Plucky little thing. Eh. The only version I really ever cared for was the Dana Delaney version in TAS. Yeah, that was pretty good. Also, the the, the voice on that. I always loved her voice. Yeah. Just a good, yeah. good, solid, solid voice, man. Matters. By the Matters way, Dana, Dana, Dana Delaney is in her 60s. And uh, she was on a uh, she was on a talk show, and I don't re- I don't recall which one it was, um, but they were talking about um, how young she looks because she only she looks like she might be in her forties, might be in her forties, and they were like, oh, is there someone special in your life? And she was like, and I swear this is what she says. She says, I've taken a lover, <laughs> <laughs> and 
and she very like succinctly like lays out like what exactly that means like she was i think in paris and she met this guy and they started up and like she's decided to take a lover and and it it was all so adult and so strange (sighs) to hear lois lane saying these things (laughs) yeah because her voice didn't change, she still sounds like Lois Lane. <laughs> I have that problem sometimes. Like Paget Brewster does a lot of voice work, and she her voice she always sounds like her. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a problem I have every now and then when like I'm watching some animated version of her, and all I can hear is like it's like no, I I'm I'm sorry, I know you're trying to play this series, but I watched Andy Richter controls the universe, and I know you're a funny girl, so I, I mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm waiting for a punchline here. <laughs> That's my fault. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. She was on like Gods and Monsters playing some scene very seriously. I just couldn't I couldn't deal with it. <laughs> I, I I had the same I had the same reaction to uh Katie Seagal on Lost. Yeah. Like I I watched her for a, well, innumerable years as as uh Peggy Bundy. Right. And then uh, you know, weekly for a long time on Futurama right. and just just constantly waiting for the snark. Yeah, like I never watched. I never watched uh, one episode of Sons of Sons of Anarchy because, and mm-hmm. a huge chunk of that, I freely like. First of all, I, I'm personally, I'm not all interested in like motorcycle gangs and that. It's just not a thing I care about really. Um, mm-hmm. Never an aesthetic I was particularly into. But past that, I'm like, no, no, Leela wouldn't hurt anybody that didn't deserve it. <laughs> you didn't watch her enough as Peggy Bundy. <laughs> no, I didn't say she wouldn't emotionally Peggy abuse someone. Oh, Peggy would do more than emotionally abuse. Oh, would she? I didn't remember. I didn't remember actual DV in that show. But yeah, she. Uh, yeah, that, well, you know, violence is violence on Married with Children. It's always either off screen with someone screaming, or um, you see someone pretend to toss someone, and then it cuts to like a you know mannequin doll flying through the air, right? And going behind a couch where the actor would pop up and be like, "What did you do that for?" Right. All right, guys, that's gonna do it for this episode of DC on Screen. I really hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you for listening. You can find every episode at dconscreen.com. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher. Uh, do remember to uh, go ahead and give us those reviews on iTunes and Stitcher um, and send us a message because our promotion for the artwork ends on March 31st. Go check out our friends, Matt Carroll and Jeff Randall, the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, mcucast.com. We are a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network, GiantSizeTeamUp.com. And hell, while you're at it, go check out our friends at the Suicide Squad cast. Those cats are cool guys. Until next time, guys, keep some DC on your screen. Get the max out of your tax refund at iMart Express. With two pairs starting under 40 bucks, you'll spend less on the have-tos and keep more for the want-tos. Our quality glasses are made in-store by skilled lab techs that take care of your glasses from start to finish, getting them back to you with same-day speed. Get two pairs of glasses starting under 40 bucks or two pairs of progressives for under 80. Our prices won't break the bank. Your tax refund goes further at iMart Express. You know what drives you, what inspires you. You know why you're here today, thinking about your education and your career. But do you know how to get where you're going? Indiana Wesleyan University is a place where your dreams and goals are known, where you're pushed to excel, and you're supported beyond graduation day. Explore our tuition guarantee, our faith-integrated coursework, and more than 100 online degree programs. See how it's possible at iwuishow.com.